Y'all ready to have some fun? Uh, I know all of yins are definitely ready uh, to have some fun with this episode. A lot of historical artifacts to go over after the Penguins' 11-2 beatdown of the Detroit Red Wings. Actually, I'm going to go over my thoughts on that game and what that meant for the Penguins moving forward. We're also going to hopefully do a small preview for Tuesday's massive matchup against the New York Rangers. Um, I have all of that and a whole lot more coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. And always, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So we are here for another episode of this podcast as the Pittsburgh Penguins absolutely destroyed the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday evening, an 11-2 final score. Penguins are the first team in the salary cap era to ever score 11 goals in one game. They're also the first team um, for in the NHL to score 11 goals in the game since 2003 when the Washington Capitals did that. And guess who was on that team? Yarmir Yager. There's a nice little fun fact for you all. But that day, it was right after um, uh, Yager left the Penguins, of course. Um, also the Penguins had a shorthanded goal in that game. Fun fact, that was the Penguins first shorthanded goal against the Red Wings since February of 2017, when Tom Kunakel, um, two-time Stanley Cup champion, um, scored a shorty against Detroit. Um, Penguins also hit the 40 win mark yesterday. Um, you know, this is, they have the most 40 plus win seasons, uh, since 2006, seven. So basically, you know, most of all these salary cap era, um, the Penguins have the most, you know, 40 plus win seasons during that. You know, this is now the 14th 40 plus win season for the Penguins. San Jose has 12, Washington's at 11, Nashville's 11, and Boston is at 11. Um, this fan base is forever spoiled, and you, you all will always be a spoiled fan, uh, fan base. Um, this is also the Penguins' first time they've scored 10 plus goals in a game since 2012, game four. Philadelphia Flyers. That was a 10 to three final. Jordan Stahl had a hat trick. I'm pretty sure Steve Sullivan also scored in that game. Chris Letang scored in that one. Um, I think, yeah, Matt Cook had a goal in, in that one too. Um, but that was also the game where I believe a Flyers fan gave uh, Jordan Stahl the double bird after he got the hat trick. I actually went back. Uh, Danny Shire of DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, touched on it in a tweet to me, went back and watched and sure enough, uh, Jordan did get um, a couple birds from some Flyers fans after that. So definitely a lot of history um, when it comes to this game. But, you know, overall, looking at this performance, this was a very good game by the Penguins. And I know the numbers may not say that. The shots were pretty even. The score effects were also pretty even shot attempts for. Uh, scoring chances for. Let me take a sip of water. Sorry about that. Um you know, scoring chances, shot attempts, high danger, expected goals. It was all pretty close. But the fact of the matter was the Red Wings got some awful goaltending 
in that game. I don't understand why Alex Nedeljkovic started that game. I'm going to get to that in just a second. But, you know, the Penguins were also able to finish their chances a lot better um, than they normally do. And, you know, it didn't matter if it was shorthanded, five-on-five, or on the power play. Um, You know, the Penguins were making some beautiful, you know, cross-ice passes. You know, there's one power play goal I think that Russ had. Uh, about three beautifully executed high danger passes in a row. And then Sid was able to somehow fit that last one into Brian. He's able to pot that one in into an empty net. I, I still don't know how Sid is doing that at this age, but yeah, you know, I'm never going to be a one a person to doubt Sidney Crosby. That's for sure. But you know, at the end of the day, the Red Wings got bad goaltending. The Penguins finished their chances, and this is what you get. Um, you know, I also will say I think part of it was due to the Penguins being super pissed off. Um, you, you don't piss off the Pittsburgh Penguins and get away with it. I said that on the national show on Monday morning. You can go check that out with Gil Martin. I was just on uh, around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler Weeks. Go check out their show. They do an amazing job with Pirates, Steelers, and Penguins. Um, <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is, it was only a matter of time for how this team was going to respond. And from the opening shift against Detroit, you know, I said to myself, all right, they looked a hell of a lot better than they did on Friday against New York and a hell of a lot better than they did on Wednesday um, in Buffalo. And that's how you snap out of a little funk and start playing some better hockey, especially now with right now we're close to four and a half weeks away from the playoffs at this point. But, you know, Detroit was skating in mud, you know, for part of that game, they were coming off a back, a back-to-back because they lost um, to Tampa Bay the day before. I believe that was a two-to-one final um, Nadelkovic started that and then Lightning scored with like five minutes left in the third. It looked like it was about to go to overtime, um, actually. Um, but, you know, the Penguins, you know, they, they used the rest of their advantage just like the Rangers did on Friday. The Penguins um, definitely had some very tired legs. Um, but this time they didn't. They were have a nice day of rest on Saturday after some practice. And then they come out on Sunday, guns a-blazing, even though, you know, the score effects and the shots were really close. Um, they they were still the better team, and you know that's that's how you beat the lower teams in the conference. You know you want to secure a playoff berth, and you want to go out and get home ice for at least one round in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division at this point. Um, these are the kind of games you have to win, especially with how the schedule is going to be moving forward. Um, they have Colorado twice coming up, Minnesota, the Rangers twice, Nashville still, Washington. Boston twice, the Islanders two more times. You know, Edmonton is at the end of April. Um, this is going to be the gauntlet phase two for the Penguins. And, you know, you, you got to clean up your points against the bad teams um, in the NHL. And that's exactly what the Penguins did. Um, you know, Detroit, they're not a basement dwelling team. You know, I think this is probably, you know, can, compared to recent years, they're a lot better. You know, they actually have NHL talent that they can put on that roster now. Mo Sider is an incredible defenseman. Nedeljkovic um, is usually a better goalie than what we saw yesterday. And I think it's only really a matter of time before Steve Eisenman has them on the right track. He's one of the best general managers in hockey. But, I mean, it was what the Penguins did yesterday was just, you know, flat out embarrassing uh, to Detroit. Um, that's for sure. And, you know, obviously Evgeny Malkin um, gets the hat trick. He's up to 16 goals now and only four away from another 20-goal season. It is crazy to me that he's already almost at 20 and he's been playing for two and a half months. I mean, this, this guy is unreal and his skating is only continuing to get better. 
He, he had a beautiful Geno bomb for one of his goals. You know, when he's really starting to get that one-timer going, um, you, you know it's pretty serious. Um, and, you know, he was skating, sorry about that, just fine um, when he originally came back. But right now he looks like a completely different player. Knock on wood if he doesn't get hurt and his skating continues to be like this going into the playoffs. I'm, I'm telling you, man, the Penguins are going to be one tough out to say the least. Um, he also, um, he had the game-winning goal yesterday because the Revenants, they had two of their goals, but, you know, Malkin's third one. Um, well, the Penguins' third goal was Malkin's. Um, that is now 73 career game-winning goals. If I check my notes here, one away from tying Yarmir Yager for the most game-winning goals in franchise history. I am sure Gino is going to pass him either this season or probably next season this rate. Um, that is a record that he'll have, at least for right now, until potentially Sidney Crosby um, passes him. Another historical artifact for you all. Sidney Crosby, only a few points away now um, from 1,400 NHL points. I believe the total right now is um, 1,394, about four away um, from Alexander Ovechkin. Um, I mean, Sid's going to pass him when it's all said and done, in my opinion. Um, you know, the fact that, I mean, he's only four away um, and Ovechkin's played in almost 200 more games. Um, that's just, that, that's crazy to say the least. Sid, Sid right now tied for 23rd all-time in NHL scoring with Luke Robitaille. Um, once he passes him, Yari Curry's at 22, Ovechkin's at 21. Dale Howartuck is at 20 with 14.09. Sid is going to climb this. He'll, 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 he'll be in the top 15 by next season. Stan McKee is at 1467 right now. Other than that, you know, with Paul Coffey at 1531, Mark Recchi, 1533, uh, Joe Thorne at 1536 right now. Um, we'll have to see if he can crack the top 10, which is, has Phil Esposito right now with 1590. Um, I would be really curious to see if Sid can finish his career with 1600. Um, that would be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, just, you know, awesome at this point. So this first segment, mainly a lot of historical artifacts, but, you know, great game by the Pittsburgh Penguins, a bounce back win that they needed to have because they were struggling those last couple of games. Um, and, you know, this is what contending teams do. You know, when the coach call, calls him out a little bit and, you know, when Sid, you know, I, I wouldn't say he calls out the rest of the team, but he said, you know, I know I need to be a lot better and the rest of the team needs to be a lot better. I mean, they back that up with this kind of win. That just goes to show what kind of group um, this team is, uh, to say the least. Um have a lot more to get to for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast, including, you know, why Detroit even start, started Alex and Delkovich. The penalty kill um, was awesome um, and a whole lot more. We got to get into some depth talk with, you know, maybe is Ed Rodriguez going to come out of the lineup when the team is knock on wood fully healthy? You know, of course, we got the Rangers preview to get to. So much to still talk about for this episode. But this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. Almost feel like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they are marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Heck, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs are included. You can go to built.com right now and scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away by what you see. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. 
You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back down there here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So getting into some of the other goals that were scored in that game, um, the shorty uh, came courtesy of Jeff Carter. Um, it's nice to see that you know he's starting to play well after some people on Penguins Twitter uh, called him out. And you know, don't get me wrong. I think Carter has definitely been struggling a little bit these last few weeks. He's not been the same player that we all saw last year, though. Did anyone expect him to have that same kind of production that we saw um, when he had 16 points in 20 games? Um, that's just – that was not going to happen. But... Sorry about that. I have to take another sip of water. I'm, I'm going to be doing that a lot more. I feel like my mouth just gets so dry when I just talk and talk for 25 or 30 minutes. Um, but, you know, it was nice to see him on the score sheet again. That's his second um, straight game with a goal. Uh, I believe now he has three goals in his last nine games total. Um, <clears throat> he's I, I like him on the PK. You know, it's it's been a nice uh, role to have him in ever since that Cassidy was straight. He wasn't really getting too many penalty killing minutes, um, if I'm uh, not mistaken, when I've been watching all these games. So um, it's nice new new inkling. I guess for Mike Sullivan's trying to do, and you know he got rewarded uh, with a shorthanded goal, but you know that was also made possible by Teddy Bluger, and you know I think it's beyond time that people start talking about him as a top five penalty killer in the NHL. And you know my evidence, you know I can give you all the numbers that I want, you know all what the what the PK looks like, you know numbers wise with him in it versus when, when he's not in it. But I can also just use the eye test and see that, you know, he does so much on that, you know, whether it's, you know, getting clears that other players can't, you know, forechecking, and, and, and I shouldn't even say forechecking the defense zone. That doesn't even make any sense. You know, whether it's, you know, just digging for loose pucks along the boards when even when he's outnumbered, getting them and still getting them out. Um, and then, heck, you know, setting up those shorthanded chances. Um, he is so great. Um, it, it is a it is a night and day difference for the PK when Teddy Bluger is on it versus when he's off of it. And you know the, the percentages obviously went down to seventy to seventy five percent when he was off it. Now it's going back up. And again, you know, I wonder why. Um, you know, he was also he also scored um, <clears throat> a goal yesterday, a pass from Redeem Zahorna. Um, he did some damage at five v five too. He is. Um, I'm not going to say an era. Well. He's close. He's as close to an irreplaceable player as you can get. That's not one of like the big core players. Um, he, he's been that good this year, and he continues to develop into a very, very solid, you know, third to fourth line center. So I, I can't be more happy with him right now. Um, just doing a great job killing penalties. Heck, even against the Rangers, when the Rangers had a few power plays, um, they really couldn't get anything going um, because you know a lot of that has to do with um, Teddy Bluger. I'm to say the least. Uh, Brian Boyle, he gets his eighth goal um, of the year. He was the one, the one of course, that actually uh, got um, his, uh, goal number 10 for the Penguins. He got the Penguins' first time that's going 10 in a decade. Um, you know, I, I again, I, I thought this was a nice game for him. It was a good bounce back from Brian because against New York and Buffalo, you could definitely see that his legs weren't there. And, you know, that's I think that's one of my biggest worries with him going into a playoff series, you know, how are those old man legs going to, I guess, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess. Oh, hold up. Of course, 
you know, in a seven game series against some of the fastest teams in the league. Do I think if this team is fully healthy, is he in the playoff lineup? Probably not. I think people can make a case for it, but I think he's still better served this point as a 13th to 14th forward. I've loved what he's brought this year. Obviously he's big in the locker room. All of his teammates love him. I mean, all that, you know, he's backed up, you know, that was some strong on, on ice play for a lot of the season, but you know, I still don't think um, when the team is fully healthy, he should be in the top 12. Um, That's just my opinion. Um, But it was still nice to see him get on the scoreboard. Ricard Raquel, a beautiful goal for his first as a penguin. He's been getting, you know, as close to ever, you know, for scoring, you know, a couple really nice saves by the Delkovich before he got chased. Uh, there was the time against Buffalo. He went one V three against them, almost made everyone um, drop their trousers and just basically change them at this point. Um, you know, he, he's been playing really well and he's also a lot more physical than I thought he would be. Um, I know the Penguins are not a physical team. I don't need them to be. This is a speed and skill team, you know, just like, you know, a team like Tampa, um, you know, Florida, I think is that way too. Colorado, especially, but you know, Ricard can really throw the lumber. Um, you know, he's, he's fun to watch hit at least a few times. And, you know, I know that's probably maybe a little boomer of me, you know, I'm not really too big on the hitting and stuff. I know I do like a clean hit, you know, once a game or something like that, but you know, he's been, he's been definitely making a difference in that department. Um, to say the least of Genny Malkin's goal. Um, he definitely made me and I think a lot of other, uh, Penguin fans had to change their shorts after what he did to the Red Wings, uh, for his second goal, just knifing through guys left and right. Um, and then being able to finish that, um, that was just a peak Gino goal. Um, when he's playing like this, good luck stopping him. You know, he's, you know, one of the five best players in hockey, you know, when he's at this level, I mean, I've, I've heard, I've read people say on social media and stuff that, you know, when he was in his peak all the time and when he was really going, um, he was potentially even better than a peak Sidney Crosby. And honestly, um, you know, with how he was in that, his heart trophy season, and you know, at times after that, especially in the playoffs, um, you know, I don't really think that's arguable, um, to say the least. Um, he was, uh, he was a man on a mission in that game. And I, and I wonder, you know, do, do people still think that Evgeny Malkin hurts the structure? Do people still think the, the Penguins can't win without Gino? Or, you know, are we putting those weird takes to bed? As I've seen some people still saying, oh, he's plus minus or whatever dumb stat that doesn't even matter to be put out there. And it's just like, you know, the team is winning games. They're obviously so much better when he's in the lineup. I, I do not want to hear people um, blur out those takes. Um, if you are one of those people, um, I, I just, I, I feel sorry for you um, to, to, to say the least. Um, but, you know, what a goal that was. And, you know, speaking of, you know, Nadelkovich, Detroit-wise, I don't even know why he started this game. Um, I understand, you know, Calvin Pickard, um, he's not the greatest backup goaltender, but you just played a game the day before. You're out of the playoff race at this point. Why are you starting your starter when he just faced a ton of shots the, you know, the day before against a very stacked Tampa Bay Lightning team? Um you know, it's something that I definitely do not understand. Um, uh, I don't really know what Jeff Blaschel is doing there. I think, honestly, in my opinion, um, I don't think Jeff Blaschel is going to be in Detroit next year. Um, I think he – sorry about that. I think he honestly probably needs to be fired at this point. He's going to ruin some young players that they have there. I'm, uh, hopefully it's not Raymond or Sider, you know, Larkin and, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi and all those guys. But – 
no, I just I have a bad feeling about his tenure. It's crazy that he's still even there, um, considering that the Red Wings have barely even made the playoffs um, during his tenure. So um, I base I think I have almost every single. I already said the Brian Russ power play goal. That was just some mint um, passing. I mean, again, three in a row high danger passes. Um, it is it is crazy um, that. You know, I think Adam Gretz of Pennsburg and Pro Hockey Talk said this best. That's a play that you scream when you love it because they try it. But when they try it and it doesn't work and the passes get picked off, you say, oh, don't try this ever again. It's just it's funny to see the double standard, right? You know, just to say the least. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to just make sure I grab everything here from my notes um, and all that for the goals. Uh, I believe I do have uh, everything. You know, Sidney Crosby, he got on the score sheet again with uh, three points, one of them um, goals, of course. Um, Danton Heinen, he was able to get his 14th of the year, three away now um, from uh, having a new career high. Um, he had 16 with the Boston Ruins a few years ago. Uh, would not be surprised if he has 17 um, this year. He's been quite the depth signing, um, to say the least. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into some potential lineup decisions as the team hopefully continues to get fully healthy. There's some really good news on the Jason Zucker front. And if I have time, I'm going to you know, preview a very massive game for the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday. So stick around for that coming up after this commercial break. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So I saw this during um, the game when it's basically out of reach. Um, and this came courtesy of, I have written down here. Yes. Josh Yoey of the athletic, you know, one of my favorite writers been on the show so many times. I'll have the utmost respect for him. He's a great person. Um, but I definitely disagreed with him when he said that Danton Heinen could be a potential scratch in the playoffs. I don't really know where that's coming from personally, um, the guy has 14 goals this year. He's the perfect depth scorer for this team. He's fit Mike Sullivan's system to a T. If there is a player that you're thinking about bringing out of the lineup when the team is fully healthy, if Brock McGinn and Jason Zuckerback, it's probably Evan Rodriguez. And, you know, I know what the underlying numbers say on that top line with Jake Ensel and Cindy Crosby. They expect goals lately. I think it's been above 80%. Their course, he's right around 65 to 70, I'm pretty sure. Um, they have better underlying numbers with Rodriguez up there than they do with Brian Rust. However, here's the kicker. Evan Rodriguez, fully production-wise, has two goals in his last 33 games. That's not good enough. You have players in waiting, you know, with a fully healthy lineup, like Redeem Zahorna. He's been really good. In the lineup, he got his first goal of the season just a, a couple of games ago. Um, um, excuse me, uh, had a really nice pass to Teddy Bluger to get the primary assist on his goal against the Red Wings on Sunday. Um, I could definitely see him staying in the lineup if Mike Sullivan wants him to. Remember, he's also on a one way deal next year, so I do think he's probably going to um, be on this team no matter what next year. Um, but I, I do want to see more of him. 
down the stretch. And, you know, if that comes at the expense of scratching Evan Rodriguez, I'm not really going to mind that too much because, you know, he's had the time here to, you know, get back to some of that production that we saw early in the year. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to score six goals in 10 games again to end the year and have, what, 13 points in 10 games like he was during that really hot stretch. That's whatever. But I do want to see more of a pulse from him at this point because it hasn't been there lately. Um, so if there's a roster decision to make penguins wise, um, it's definitely involving Evan Rodriguez defensively. I think they're set though. I will say <clears throat> I am starting to get a little more concerned with Brian Dumoulin. It's a player that I've loved ever since he came up from Wilkes-Barre. Um, you know, he, he had a great tryout during the 2014, 15 series against the Rangers. When, um, the team was decimated by injuries. Crystal Tang was out of that series. I'm pretty sure Mata didn't even play that series. Um, but, you know, this year, I don't know if it's the aging curve catching up to him just because he's 30 now or if he's playing through an injury, but it's not good. And what they do this summer surrounding him is going to be really interesting. Obviously, we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it. But, you know, I can't help but, you know, not be concerned right now that his play has been slipping. And honestly, you know, for all of you, in my opinion, I think his play has been dipping for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's just not been the same Dumoulin that I'm used to seeing, even defensively. It looks like he's scared to even take contact, not winning a lot of puck battles like he used to. Offensively, I know his game has really not been there, but even that has also regressed even you know further down, and that's also scared me a little bit as well. So you know, if there's one concern really that I have with the team. Um, right now, other than, you know, maybe Tristan Jari barfing all over himself in the playoffs again, though I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it's potentially the play of Brian Dumoulin on the top pairing because he can't afford to bring Chris Letang down, um, to say the least. But, you know, as I promised, also, Jason Zucker is back skating with the team, full non-contact capacity right now. Um, it's only a matter of time before he's full contact. I would say within the next week or two, he is going to be back playing and Nope, there's going to be some tough lineup decisions for myself. And to have Brock McGinn, I think, is not far behind him. He's already starting to skate, has one hand on his deck. He doesn't have the uh, hand that has the cast on it, which yeah, leads me to believe that it's you know a broken hand slash a broken wrist um, or something like that. So, you know, the Penguins, they're getting closer here with about four and a half weeks to go to being fully healthy. Next up, a massive, and I mean a massive game on Tuesday night, against the New York Rangers. They absolutely crushed Pittsburgh um, on Friday night, 5-1 to one at MSG. Um, the Penguins are going to come after them with blood. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. They, you are not going to see that kind of performance on Tuesday night. Take it to the bank. I don't know if the Penguins are going to win the game, but I'm going to say it right now. They are going to come out here with a much better effort, to say the least. That's going to be a great game. I'm going to try to see if I can have Nick Zoraris of the Upper Bowl GM podcast on Friday uh, Tuesday or Wednesday's episode. We also have a crossover episode coming up this week with Seth Topo of Locked on Wild because the Wild have been really good lately. And of course, the Penguins go to Minnesota to play the Wild on Thursday before traveling to the Pepsi Center um, on Saturday to play the Avalanche. I always love playing. I always love watching the Avalanche play. They're just such a fun team. Um, but that'll do it for this episode. Just an amazing win by the Penguins. Um, and I believe the magic number right now, I'll leave you all with this. It's 11 to 12. The Islanders and the Blue Jackets can only reach 101 points. Those are the uh, ninth and 10th place teams. Penguins need 11 points 
overall um, to uh, tie that. And basically, at right now, guys, about 15 games left. The Penguins need to win five games uh, to, to clinch a playoff spot. Honestly, probably not even that because the Islanders and the Blue Jackets are not going to win the remaining 16 to 18 games. So, honestly, it's probably three, three to five, three to five wins at this point gets into the playoffs. Obviously, the Penguins have way higher aspirations than to just get into the dance. But just wanted to put that out there. The Penguins are very close to clinching their spot into the Stanley Cup playoffs once again. So that'll do it for this episode. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. Obviously a very happy episode and a very historic um, game to talk about. But I'll be back on Tuesday for a full game recap for that big game against the Rangers. And then on Wednesday, I think we'll have a crossover with Septopo of the Wild and then we'll recap that game um, on Thursday. So again, thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk to you all on Tuesday.